Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Will. Say hello, buddy. I am enjoying some frosty beverage. Yes, we are. We are enjoying our usual frosty beverages, indeed. What are you drinking, my friend? Uh, This week, I'm drinking Blue Moon again. Blue Moon. It's very good. (laughs) I got a doozy. Yeah, so, you do. I have a little story, actually. I set out to feature one of North Coast Brewing Company's uh, new IPAs to help actually help benefit a local um, coastal group that's uh, trying to... Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. Anyway, it's a local thing that I was really trying to support, and that every beer goes to support that organization. Of course, my father-in-law will be mad, who's the mayor, will be mad that I can't remember it, but that's okay. I heard him on the radio this morning. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, the point is, is that um, I drank it last night. Because I was almost out of beer. I was like, I'll just pick another one up today. How was it? They, it was amazing. I've had it before. But they didn't have it at Safeway when I went a little bit ago. Probably because everybody's trying to support them. Right. Which is important. Anyway, so I'm back to Lagunitas. And boy, I found one I've never tried. It's their <laughs> seasonal. And it's called Imperial Pills. They yeah. say it's a Pilsner. It's not a Pilsner. Oh, my friend. It's a... I, I know I say things are a hoppy mess. But this one... I mean, it's not an IPA. And it's 8.6 of hops. Yeah, why don't you tell me what I said when I had a little taste? You said it's like eating a hop. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is like to eat a hop, but that's what I imagined it would taste It'd like. It'd probably be just like that. But anyway, are we good? We're good. All right. So before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Sotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at IamWillGriggs. Of course, we're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. No new reviews. It's kind of bombing out. And look, I, I, I put it out there a couple weeks ago. I was like, well, I'm sure we'll get another five-star review soon. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. We didn't get one. You know, people... It's okay. I mean, let's not be mad because what's going to happen is then they're going to give us like a four-star review. That's pathetic. It's going to break our streak, which <laughs> which I'm not okay with breaking the streak. Either give us none or five. Don't say that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, should I cut it? Eh, <laughs> no. I'll probably let it ride. All right, so we have the timestamps in the show notes for non-SWOTOR fans. We're going to have a another big-ish star, uh, SWOTOR section this week. And it's because they just gave us a whole bunch of crap. A whole yeah, bunch more stuff. A whole bunch more details. So we're going to have a mega, possibly with guests next week, um, comic edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about it again later, but we were going to talk about Kanan number six today. Yep. We yeah, have, we'll push that to next week. Right, we were going to. We were going yeah. to, yes. And so that was our plan. And then Lando, Star Wars 10, Vader 10, and another, Shattered and Shattered Empire. Empire all came out. And so we're going to just, we're going to do a mega one next week. So stu- stay tuned for Mega Comics Week. Megacom. Is that a thing? Megacom. Yeah. We already have a show name for 35. <laughs> uh, so speaking of episode 35, Segway, nice. Uh, Segway. I already said that. Episode, no, not the, no, you're making this, no, we're not writing Segways. Uh, episode 35, we will be doing our next drawing for a hypercrate. Hopefully, we can get our friend Nick to donate another one. Can you imagine being drunk writing a Segway? Well, doesn't it compensate if you start to lean? I've never been on one. Neither have I. But can you imagine our old usual days? Have you seen... Oh, have you seen... Oh, <laughs> that's a good point. That would be fun little... Either that or we just cra- be the first to crash a Segway. 
<laughs> through the window of mothers. <laughs> uh, have you seen those two wheel ones? The new segways where it's just like you're just on like a little board and there's two wheels. And you oh just yeah, around. that's ridiculous. People are saying. People are saying that that's like the Wall-E of the future. Like we're all gonna instead of walking, we're just gonna get on those. Dude, somebody famous like got arrested in an airport because they refused mm-hmm. to get off of it. It was yeah. like Drake or somebody. That's dumb. Um, so I will. I like to walk. I'm gonna put that out there. I will never be a Wall-E. What does that mean, a Wall-E? I will never be permanently on something moving me around, unless I. Mm, mm. <laughs> that almost got dark. So back to my segue. I know, I was like thinking of a car accident. <laughs> yeah, what if something happens to me? Knock on wood. Uh, next drawing will be episode 35, and we are well on our way. We're making, we're almost at 10 bucks an episode, which I'm stoked about. Nice. Um, once we get to 15, we'll have a big giant roundtable show. And and look, people, if you're, if, if you listen to us, you know that we don't take ourselves too seriously. We go on tangents ran- randomly. Yes, we do. I have been. Hello, segue. Yeah, segue. <laughs> we just segued on a segue. I have been pocketing, best way to say it, pocketing bloopers that people, that I take out of the episodes. Dude, and if you think we're funny on cast... Oh, we're not funny. But we do make mistakes. Yes. And it is funny. So I've been pocketing those, and I can't wait to put them all together in one big, giant blooper reel. So that's our $20 goal, I think? I believe so. So help us out, man. I mean, I can't wait to put that together. No, that's going to be a lot of fun. Most episodes have at least three or four... The last two episodes have had at least eight bloopers. Well, it's because I'm not drinking Diet Pepsi anymore. I'm drinking exactly. beer. That's my influence. All right. So back to Patreon. <laughs> help us out. One or two bucks an episode. Patreon.com slash usual podcast. And if you want to go ham and help us get to our goal, 10 bucks an episode uh, for a month. Get some socks and beer. We'll I'm, send it I'm right to you. I'm wearing some pippy socks tonight, actually. They have brains on them. They do brains. Brains. This is not a zombie show. AudibleTrial.com slash usual podcast. You can get a 30-day free trial. And, um, yeah, man, I am going to recommend the new R.A. Salvatore novel. And I know it's not Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars out there right now. But um, he R.A. Salvatore is my favorite author. And the title of the book just flew out of my head. But it's it's... He's been writing in this universe with Drist, um, the Dark Elf series for, oh, you know, decades. So it's really, really good. And definitely check it out. All right, cool. Salvatore. Anything by him is good. Uh, my suggestion for this week, I, I brought it up a couple of months ago that it was going to be coming out this fall. And it's the final book from Vince Flynn, who passed away last year. And it's his final Mitch Rapp book, which I'm drawing a blank on the title again. But it's uh, finally out this coming week. So cool. check that out. So we have no titles, but... We have authors. Authors. And so, you should read anything by them. Indeed. So, we're good. I think we covered it. All right. So, shall we get to Star Wars The Old Republic? We got a lot to do. Word. It's time. Oh, he's getting ghetto again. You want to fight? I'm ready. You do not have to stand against me. Instead, I will share all of this with you. If you will only kneel. All right, so community, <laughs> community shout-outs. Uh, I just finished listening to Passionately Casual. This will be our only mention of them, maybe. Last week was kind of a record, maybe, but anyway. Um, Passionately Casual, they interviewed Darren DePaul. And, the emperor himself. Oh, uh, Valkorian. We had the pleasure of meeting him at San Diego Comic-Con at the Community Cantina. Uh, they've been sitting on this interview for a while. I think they did it over a month ago. It finally got released, and it's very, very good. And... What I like about Darren DePaul 
specifically is he's very he's easy to talk to because he's a fan like us and the interview was just like fans of star wars talking shop it was really well done and 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 hats off to passionate casual for getting them on or for getting him on and he's a good guy and for getting it through lucasfilm yeah or lucasarts congrats guys so definitely check them out um, we are hosting the GGC this weekend. We are, Saturday. So that's in a couple days. We're very excited about that. So we will watch our Twitter feed. We'll tweet it out. Yep. Um, we'll live stream it. So if you're interested in that, hopefully, I mean, this podcast should come out before that, probably the day before we record that. And um, since I'm doing the editing and I have next week off, I'm hoping to have that out early next week. Awesome. So that'll be really cool. Be a good way to start the week. And speaking of this weekend, uh, New York Comic Con is this weekend. Yes, They're going to do the fashion show and the community cantina. And I didn't want to forget, but Chill from Mutini Cast, who, um, he will be going to New York Comic Con. I'm jealous. Yeah, me too. Uh, but, so definitely check out their website and, and, or email or tweet them to send, you know, questions and stuff for the cantina. Have your questions out. There's a lot, there's so much out there right now. Chill's probably got plenty of questions, but definitely if you want him to ask something specific, send him a, send him a line. Not that they're going to answer anything 12 days before release. Come on, it's not going to happen, but that's okay. Uh, we were that close, huh? 13 days. Wow. Wow. Cool. I'm excited. All right. So what did we do this week, my friend? Um, what did you do this week? Well, we had our WOG, of course. Mm-hmm. But besides that, um, as I said last week, I'm, I'm getting up and uh, getting prepared for release. So I finished my Bounty Hunter story through Zyost. Why? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. I know you're mad, but let's let's move on. And I got my Sith Inquisitor halfway through Yavin, so nice. I'm almost uh, I'm over halfway through getting my uh, my four imp, imp characters through. Good for you. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm part way there. I've decided not to do any of it. Yeah, because you know you're a slacker. No, I, I really haven't been logging in much. I've been doing a lot of other things. Um, the kids have been sick. It's been a gnarly week, but. Uh, well, I'll get to that later. But we did do our wog run. We did, and we actually branched out. It wasn't uh, EP or nope. or KP or uh, EV. EV. And we did scum and villainy. And this was a very this was a long. Oh, I had no idea. Uh, it was like ten bosses. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, are we almost done. They're like, no, that was we're like almost halfway. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that is the truth. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Was. It. it went really smoothly. Um, the group was it was eight of us. The group uh. Worked really well together. I tanked the whole thing. Uh, That's I, impressive. Well, I off-tanked it. I mean, I might be the greatest off-tank ever. Well, you are. No, I mean, look, as long as I don't take the brunt of it. But no, I, I'm learning how to uh, better tank ops. And I, I really do enjoy tanking. It's actually my preferred uh, play style. But I have always had a little bit of nervousness, you know, doing ops. Because, I mean, there's, you know, wiping, especially on a mistake I make, right towards the end. <laughs> And having to redo it is kind of brutal, and I always feel bad about that. So, um, flashpoints are one thing; those those fights aren't nearly as long. But some of these some of these boss fights are ten minutes or more. So, oh, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it was a. I, I really enjoyed it. I was DPS as usual because you know my main is a sniper. So, it's not, you roll. Yeah, it's not much else I can do. Um, but it was really cool. And like I said, we had a we had a really good group. It was uh, we we had some good leaders, and everyone yeah. just listened, and it was really easy. And I want to say thanks to to the leaders of that group. I mean, we don't lead these groups. No, <laughs> we we we, I, we partake. I, I partake. I set up the times and and say when we're doing it. But that's about it. I I turn it over to the experienced people to help us through. And we've been really fortunate. And I want to just say thanks to those guys who and you know who you are. But 
who take on that leadership role and say, hey, you do this, you do this. They mark the targets. They make it real easy. And it makes it really easy to listen. And the best part about that run and for me was that it wasn't if we, you know, it was there were a lot of good jobs and, you know, positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement. which is important. Um, so thank you. Yeah, and if we were leading the group, we would be stuck in lava, falling Ooh. down a sarlacc Ooh. pit. We wouldn't have gotten through it. Uh, we would have. <laughs> we'd still be. We'd still be dying in the windstorm at the very beginning. Oh yeah, the windstorm. Yeah, that was fun. So it was a fun run. I liked it. Next this week, um, in a couple days on Friday night, we are going to be running Terra from Beyond, which I've never done. Me neither. I'm excited about that. I'm too. excited. So all right, so let's get to the news, my friend. The launcher got updated. We just checked it out beforehand because I haven't logged in since the update um, yesterday. But the new launcher is awesome. It looks really cool. And um, there, I guess there were some problems, though. The Most of them seem to have been solved. But, of course, with any new implementation, there were some bugs. Um, there was also, we talked about last week, the answers. The new answers headquarters at EA is open up and ready for business. Cool. So that's a thing. So if you need support, go there. Link in the show notes, of course. I don't need support. <laughs> just gonna go with that. I, 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 how dare you? All right, moving on. Just, <laughs> all right. So anyway, conquest reward issues and fallen empire. So I'm gonna nutshell this one because this is something that's been ongoing that we've noticed. We've been reporting on for a couple months now, where like a conquest event would end, and they would be issuing rewards like the next week or two weeks later or at the next update. And sometimes they'll go to the <laughs> wrong people. And they'd mess it up. Um, so the real quick version of this is they basically acknowledge that there's been issues with Congress awards. So beginning on the 20th, when they launch early access, they um, will be pulling down conquests. Conquests. Uh, and that is once until they resolve the issue. So if you haven't got the rewards, they're going to work on getting them to you. Um, and they're really trying to make that happen, but they're not going to bring them back up. It, it seems like until they're working properly. So, um, and then basically they give a disclaimer: if you choose to participate in Conquest between now and 4.0, be aware that you're not going to get your rewards. Um, so that when it ends, so it makes sense. So I would give up on Conquest for a little bit, guys. That's a bummer, but it is what it is. We are. That's the news. Essentially, that's the news. what we're gonna do for the what we're gonna do for the rest of the Swotor section, though. Is we're going to talk about all the things. Uh huh. We have uh, four, five major updates to the game. So after the live stream last week, they started releasing the blogs that Musco was talking about. To give more details on the stuff we were learning about. <laughs> Boy, did we get some more detail. Um, I don't know how we want to do this, and, and we're probably going to cover some of this in the GGC. So if we miss anything, definitely tune into that. Um, so let's just start. Cartel Market. That's the first thing I have in here. So, cartel, cartel market changes coming in Fallen Empire. We have a link in the show notes, of course, to the to this post, to the blog post, and they're making some changes. So, I don't know. How do you want to do this? Do you want to just kind of read through it and talk about it, or what? I mean... Yeah, like we normally do with, okay. with Dev Tracker stuff. All right, so I want to take... So, basically, this is what it says. I want to take a moment to let you all know some exciting changes coming to cartel market. Uh, they're touching almost every portion of the cartel market in some way or another, and some of the bigger changes uh, they're hoping we're excited about. So let's see a few examples of how they're trying to address things that are to make it easier to access the, yeah, make it more accessible. Yes. Players had feedback on navigating the collections interface for a while now, so they're focusing on making some quality of life changes to make it easier to use. Um, rarities were confusing for people, so they're clarifying that. 
And then players have been asking for a long time to have more access to previously released items. So stuff that goes away. So Yeah, I've always thought there's too few items in the cartel market. Yeah, and, you know, I think they were relying on the GTN on some level. Like, you know, once that goes away, then people will turn around and sell them and, and kind of play the market a little bit. But they're they're going to make it, a, uh, we'll get to it in a minute, but they're going to make it so that you can still access those things. So uh, collections, let's start with collections because that's something that you and I both are yes. into. So they're happy to have the opportunity to make some really great changes that will make the cartel experience even better. And so the ability to filter items, mm-hmm. that's happening. Uh, collections interface will now start out automatically collapsed. This might be the best thing ever. Yeah, which actually, I, we, we mentioned this last week after the live stream. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go play and I went to my um, achievements. And because and I, I thought achievements started, it's not achievements. It was uh, crafting mm-hmm. the uh, the gear stuff that has already collapsed. And I'm like, yeah, and cut and paste. Yeah, cut, just <laughs> Freaking cut and paste it. So my my whole thing with this is I I'm having a hard time logging into the game right now. And granted, there's some stuff I want to do, and we've talked about this before 4.0, but I, I just want this stuff to happen because I'm so excited about it. Yes. So for me, like I don't think I can go into collections knowing that it's going to be collapsed going forward. Yeah, because I mean, what's the point <laughs> of going in now when you can it's just going to annoy me? Wait two weeks and and I'll be angry, and no one needs that. No. Uh, the number of outfit pieces that you have unlocked will be displayed. Yeah, there's the progress bar, which is very cool. And that is so nice, because I could never figure out sometimes, because I, I used to buy a lot more packs, and so what I would do is go into collections and be like, well, I thought I unlocked that, and realize I didn't have the bracers, or the hand, or the, you know... Yeah, it was it was really... How do I want Annoying? It was very difficult to ah. find out that information through collections, Right. where the easiest way to do it was to go through achievements and... They had the collections in there. Which I also refused to do. Yeah, you don't. I would no. just go through my inventory and be like, what the hell am I missing? Yeah, when your inventory <laughs> gets big and confusing, it's... Uh, like mine. Yep. Yeah. Big and confusing. So you can now purchase cartel unlocks on the character that originally unlocked them, which we talked about last yes. week, which is also exciting. Because um, it would therefore unlock it for all characters, not just the one you're buying it from. Exactly. Uh, so rarity changes for pack items. This is... W- where I'm kind of excited about because I used to like selling things on the GTN. Yes. I used to like, you know, oh, I got this mount. And then I go on the GTN and realize, oh, everybody has this mount and it's worth five grand. I would just vendor it or something or just use it. Um, so currently they use the terms rare, super rare, and ultra rare. So moving forward with Knights of the Fallen Empire, the rarities will be changed to bronze, silver, and gold. So they're hoping to address any confusion over what rarity level any specific item is. Um, so that's one thing. And in case of the super rare and ultra rare items, there was no visual distinction between them. Right. So by moving the bronze, silver, and gold, they're streamlining how we talk about them and how they present them. Because they'll have the color coding. So. Exactly. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so then you know what you have. Like, I wouldn't know, like, I got this thing and everybody's selling it for a certain amount on the GTN, but then you realize, oh, that's actually super rare, but just people were getting them? I don't know. Yeah, well, for someone like me that, that I, I actually never... Well, I won't say never. I very rarely buy packs. Yeah. Because of uh, people that I gamed with, I was spending a lot of my cartel coins transferring servers. How dare you? How dare I indeed, sir? Well, that was <laughs> that was pre the super cheap chance for time. Pre super cheap chance for time. So it's hard to say. So I never really bought packs. I still have never purchased a hypercrate. So I'm hoping to do that mm. soon. I'm doing it. But the uh, um, so you know the only way I was in for and again for somebody who's in an achievement person 
you know, you've got to unlock all the emotes and all mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I was going around and playing the GTN a little bit, trying to get really cheap emotes and really cheap uh, titles and stuff right. like that. This will make it a lot easier where I can sort it by color and all. It'd just be easy. Well, and, and they're basically saying they, um, there's going to be emblems. It's going to be very clear on what's what. And, um, so they're touching almost every, I don't like when they say this. We're touching almost every item in the cartoon market to make sure their rarity actually matches the player popularity. That means maybe they're going to miss some. I don't know. Um, this means that simple rare equals bronze. Rare might be silver if it were more popular than they originally anticipated. So, if they had a really cool dance, I'm guessing. Yes. And that like might the be... no bones. Yeah, like no bones is badass, right? And although it's not, you know, it's a regular rare item probably, but it was super popular, so it was selling for a lot, it might be a silver. Right. So that's kind of what I'm getting from that, which is cool. Uh, let's see. So change to monthly pack content. So this is interesting too, because I was the one of the ones who would buy packs. So um, along with the other changes, their pack shipments are also going to uh, see some changes. So... Better quality items in each pack, thank God. Because seriously, dude. Yeah, you get crap. <laughs> I would get a whole hyper crate full of crap. You piss me off. Anyway, so the baseline pack items will now primarily be armor, mounts, vehicles, decorations, and toys. And they'll add other item types as well, but only when they're in high demand. Um, two items per pack, which is also interesting. Each pack only has now two items in it. Honestly, I like this better. Because I was getting, we were getting, what, five or six items right. in a pack. And it'd be like, oh, cool. I have a, um, you know, on-rail space mission, uh, you know, XP boost. I'm going to use that. No, I would never use that. Right. So, this makes a lot more sense for the people that tend to buy packs or the end game gamers. And we're already maxed out on XP. So. Well, and for me, I was running out of space trying to store some of this crap. Because I was keeping stuff. Because right. it wouldn't sell for anything. And so if I'm getting five or six things in a pack, I, my inventory would be full by the time I was done sorting it out with all my other stuff that was in there. So I like what this What they better. should really do is if they want to come up with a, 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 a... Listen to this, Bioware. If you want to do an XP boost that's really going to help people, come up with a legacy-wide XP yeah. boost. That not, not, I mean, not saying that XP is good on everybody in your legacy, but that works on legacy XP. Yeah. I mean, I've not? already maxed out to... Legacy 50. So that doesn't affect me at all. But there's a lot of people that have maxed out characters but haven't maxed out Legacy. That's a wondrous idea. And um, I know we already had an episode called You Heard It Here First. But here's the deal, Bioware. I mean, you just heard it here first. Seriously. Right? Legacy XP boosts. Go ahead and write that down. Um, like they listen. Okay, so, <laughs> two, so two items per pack. The other item will... So one item will be from the bullet above. So... Um, a mount or some bigger item, right? And the other slot will be a grade five or rare artifact level companion gift. So you're going to get a companion gift and something cool, essentially. This would help the people like you who have never really leveled up their companions. Once again, how dare you? But yes, you're right. I And that comes into play later. We're going to talk more about that. More about that later. Uh, so new super pack. This uh, is what I'm excited about. Because yeah. like I said, when I did buy packs, I'd buy a single because I can never afford a hyper crate. So a super pack contains five packs. Allowing another option on purchasing packs because it was kind of an all or nothing. It's you buy one or you buy 24, right? Yeah, so this isn't a, an opportunity for us to donate to a political campaign, right? Uh, no. That's the wrong kind of super That's, pack? Yeah, no, we're talking about like cartel market packs. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, we can talk about the other thing later. Ooh, I wonder if Valkorian has a super pack. <laughs> Does he need one? <laughs> Good point. He's the emperor. Come Good on, point. I know enough about super packs to know that even the emperor, he, he deals with it. I think he just 
Gang just kills people. I think he does. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, Alright, so, <laughs> Hypercrates. Hypercrates is still around, but now they have 30 packs in it, which is badass. Instead of the 24. Well, and it also helps because you're getting only two things in a pack. Right. So I think that's a big deal. Increasing that 24 to 30 is good. Are they changing pricing? I hope not. I actually kind of hope it's a little cheaper. No, that's what I mean. I mean. Yeah. Well, I hope it doesn't go up, first of all, but I'm actually hoping that it actually goes down a little bit. I mean, with them offering less things, you'd mm-hmm. think they could. Yeah, that doesn't say pricing. We'll see. And then pack embargoes. When a monthly pack is removed from the cartoon market, it's unlikely to return to the market in that form. However, the specific items that are found in that pack are automatically placed in their corresponding bronze, silver, or gold pack. Um, for example, uh, the pack that launched on September 1st with an example example mount. On September 1st, you can now get the example mount out of the silver and gold mount packs. On October 1st, the example pack is embargoed from the cartoon market. However, the example mount will remain available in the silver and gold packs for the rest of the time. This is cool. I like this because, again, as somebody who's the achievement person, the collections person, you know, you'd have to buy that pack, like, say, the Skip Runner pack or mm-hmm. the, you know, those packs, and you just have to hope to get the ones that you need for that exactly. one. This, it's putting from a whole bunch of different packs into a generic bronze, silver, gold pack right. that will have these other items that we need to get, so your chances of getting something that you need are Greater. And, segue. I think we just call this episode segue. Uh, we can, int- we'll be introducing grand, new grand packs that are permanently available on the market and update every time we introduce a new item. I think this is a great idea. Yes. These packs will change how these items are available, which are introduced and embargoed from the cartel market, including both pack and direct sale items. So, for the main categories of releasing, obviously, bronze, silver, and gold packs for each one. And the category for these packs are armor, decorations, and mounts. So, if I'm understanding this, you can buy a gold mount pack. Yeah, and it would have various mounts. All from the gold line. That are all gold level. Right. From different packs. Right. Good. I think we're, I think that's right. Which I think is a good idea. Uh, bronze packs will contain an item of either bronze, silver, or gold quality, just like grand packs now. Uh, silver packs will contain silver or gold, and gold packs will t- contain an item of gold quality. It says an item, so I'm guessing it's just one random thing. Right. But again, that does narrow it down, so it's obviously going to be more money, but that gold item, you're going to have the chance of getting only gold items from however many packs that have been out. Exactly. Which I think is, which is cool. And you know those will sell for a good amount, too. Yes. If you get, if you double up on some. Um, so this means, obviously, I think this is self-explanatory, but that means you may purchase a bronze mount pack and obtain items such as um, certain mounts and go straight for the gold mount pack to ensure you're walking with nothing less than the best. So... It's essentially what we were just talking about. Yeah, it actually reminds me very similar to the uh, the way pack systems work in Star Wars Card Trader, mm-hmm. where you get the cheaper packs for the cheaper stuff and more expensive pack for higher rates at higher stuff. I have a question. Yes. And I, it may, I don't know if this answers this here, but what I want to know, and I, we have one more thing to read in this section, but what I want to know, they're not going to do retroactive this stuff, right? Is it all going forward, gold, silver, bronze, or is it everything they've offered before is now rolling into these gold, silver... I think they're going to be rolling, because they said we're touching on everything in the market. That's true, that's true. So, uh, just to finish this up, for any category that does not have an item to be split into bronze and gold packs, we'll be creating permanent grand packs. These packs, such as grand pet packs, contain only the item type... The pack itself mentions. We found these to be an enjoyable addition to the market, so we were expanding the range on them. So we will be offering permanent grand packs for the following items. So you have weapons, crystals, galactic starfighter, emotes, pets, 
companion customizations, titles, dies, and toys. So if you only want a toy, yeah. Well, like I like I <laughs> said, which is good. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was you know trying to collect emotes from or titles from the. And I need more dances for race. Exactly. So you know, if you say I want, to, I would just want to see if I can get some dances. You can do that, or like me, where you realize you've got like say sixty percent of all armor that's required for the achievement, right? But you're only sitting on two percent of toys. You know, you should buy a few toy packs more often than armor packs. Right. So it says these packs will contain items of all existing cartel market items for each category. So, oh, it does list the old packs. Okay. So, and all direct sale items. If you ever wanted the Savannah Neckar Cat Pet from the Pursuer's Bounty Pack or the Advanced Purple Outline Crystal from the Architect Stronghold Pack, Brugu tired of waiting for a pack embargo, now's your time to get them. So, I think this just makes it so you can get what you want. Yes. Which, which we all want what we want. We all want what we want. Which... Kind of I want day. stackable storage. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't think yelling into the mic helps, but I don't know, Bioware, if you're listening, which I know you're not, he wants stackable storage. Thank you. Yep, see, I helped you out. All right, so some miscellaneous changes. Um, let's see, so the current list of available direct sale items will be pruned down quite a bit. Let's see, occasionally bring back higher sought-after packs, such as the Temple Guardian armor set or the Dune Sea Bantha. Um, That'd be cool, I'd like that. Yeah, me too. We've rearranged the storefront categories to be more in line with the new cartel market plan, and this new layout will also make it easier to find the categories players look for most, so that's something. And all one-credit items from the cartel reputation vendors will be removed, but they will still remain available as part of the new grand packs. So, if you still haven't bought your one-credit thingies, you should probably do that. And all items from the cartel reputation vendors are not specific uh, to that reputation will be removed, and these items are still available in their respective grand packs. All right. So let's see. We're almost done with this. Um, let's talk about the changes. So this this is something that people were asking questions. So these are other posts after the post. Right. Post posts. Right. If you will. Yeah. See what I did there? Uh-huh, I All see right, what you're yeah. doing there. All right. Cool. So people were asking questions. So uh, one of them is any existing pack in your bank slash inventory will not be affected by any of these changes. Yes. So for example, Chinook. Who won our hypercrate? Nope, that was Redna. Was it Redna? Yep. Sorry, Redna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chinook would have wanted to win. So, for example, Redna, <laughs> who won our hypercrate last uh, and during the thirtieth episode, um, for episode thirty, uh, he has not opened it yet. <laughs> I, I think he did on a stream a couple days. Did ago. Did he a couple days yeah. ago? Well, as of our last log run, he had not opened it. Right. That would not have been affected by these changes. Right. Um, so armor stats from the monthly cartel packs will come in three loot boxes, so upper, lower, and auxiliary, which is so much better, um, because I was having a hard time trying to figure out what was what, because there was some random other levels of armor sets. Uh, bronze, silver, and gold armor packs will now contain full armor sets. Oh, nice. Which, which is just going to be amazing. I'm so happy about that. And let's see, any item that was specific to a reputation? Uh, not available in a pack, meaning will continue to be available for purchase from the associated rep vendor. And reputations from previous shipments will still be made through uh, the packs in the GTN. The grand shipment packs will return to the market from time to time. All right. So um, one last... Oh, that's it for that. So that's that's good, man. So overall impressions of the cartel market changes. Is this going to inspire you to really get into the market a little more? It will definitely get me more into the cartel market because... For two reasons. One, it's not an all or nothing sort of thing as it is with, with packs the way it was with just one or 24. So... RNG those, seems to be a little condensed. Yeah. Right? 
So, um, so there's that. Plus, for somebody like me who's an achievement whore, um, they're yeah. they are making it much more accessible to us to buy the specific variety of items that we want at any given time. Indeed. I'm excited, man. I, I I can't wait to get back in the market. I've been wanting to buy some hypercades. I'm gonna save my money. Yep. You know, and when this drops, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up some of this stuff. There's like I said, I need some new dances for, for raids. Obviously. I can only do those three dances so often. <laughs> and I, I need some more flair. I have two. I have dance and get down. Well, I have like two more on top of that. But the point is, is that we deserve more dances. We do. So Especially when we're showing off for our, our group now. I think that's important. I like to get up on on a platform, do a jig, do, do a little jig. All right, so let's get into combat changes. We actually talked about a good chunk of this last week, so this one will go quicker. Um, we have the stat changes, right? Okay, which basically they're getting rid of the, the strength, stats. willpower, cunning, and cunning, and all that, and it's going to mastery. Yes, uh, a couple things that we didn't know that we know now: endurance now gives slightly more health per point. Cool. Once you hit 65, um, they felt like the health totals were still a little low, which is good. Uh, we talked about Surge was removed, and Surge is now being rolled into the critical rating stat. So that's all one stat. What this means is the critical rating now determines both your chance to hit. Sorry. Yeah, both your chance to critically hit and the damage bonus. There's a typo there. That's why I stumbled. Uh, chance to critically hit and the damage bonus you receive when you critically hit. So they're just one thing. Right. Which is good. Um, and to ensure critical hit chances never wasted stat, any ability that automatically critically hit now convert any critical hit beyond 100% to an additional crit damage, which is good. Nice. And this I thought was really interesting. Um, I don't think about accuracy too much because I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff. But as a tank, you don't want to be missing, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to keep the, the boss attention. Aggro, yeah. yeah, you want to keep aggro, so missing doesn't help. So you want to have accuracy. So base weapon accuracy has been increased from ninety percent to hundred percent. So all non base attacks already had hundred percent accuracy. So this change brings basic attacks up to par. So right. just accuracy is up. Yay! And lastly, we have rearranged how we distribute ratings on items. So now power and defense share the first rating slot on modifications. While the rest of the stats, accuracy, alacrity, critical, absorb, and shield, will share the second rating slot. So what always kind of bugged me is that some of the items, they were in different places. Yes. And so this is just a consistent, like, okay, the second thing is gonna be that's going to be there is going to be uh, power or defense, right? Which means it's either TPS or tank, yes. right? Or healing, I guess. And then the other ones are going to be the other mods, which, which again, quality of life, streamlining, I mean... Yes. So, now, there was a little, we weren't wrong last week. I just want to, can I say that? We weren't wrong? Uh... We weren't wrong. We were going with the assumption. We assumed. Okay, based on the live stream. You make an ass out of you and me, right? This is Uh, in relation to heroics or planets. So, in our, we, we were talking to some folks on Twitter, and we were kind of back and forth a little bit. Was the level sinking only the heroics or was it planet wide? Right. Turns out, <laughs> turns out it's planet wide. Which honestly doesn't, because honestly, the hardest things in any given planet theoretically are the heroic Indeed. areas. Yeah. So if you're able to, to deal with a heroic in a planet sink, you're running around getting attacked by Womp Rats on Tatooine, aren't going to make much of a difference. And I was listening to Old Republic Radio, which I listen to every week still. I like those guys. Um, 
they most of their discussion topic was about this because there's a lot of controversy out there apparently about this and for me i don't give a crap i think it's great and for me the main reason being is because i hate out leveling content yes okay i hate when quests turn gray uh-huh right and i want to be able to do something on a planet if i want to so if we're doing something random on a planet i come help you with something I can still get some out of it, which is cool. Yeah, and you know, this is actually, again, part of my completionist side is, you know, I'm going through, like I said, with my bounty hunter um, to do the main quest line all the way up through Zyos, which I finished, but then I realized that I had never done the bonus quest on Alderaan. Yeah. Because it's that weird bonus quest that you don't get at the end of a planet. You don't get it, but right. You, you have to go back to Fleet and get it from somebody there. Which is random. Exactly. So I never did that. So it's like now, no matter what I do on that thing, I get five credits for it, and that's yeah. it. This makes it much more, and it's like, it's not even fun because you go there and you're just like, death from above. One shot everything, dead. yeah. And it doesn't make it challenging, which makes it no fun. And not that it's probably going to be very challenging at level 60 when you go back to a level 30 planet, but again, it's still not complete face roll. Right. And this does make PvP interesting. Yes. Um, or, you know, open world PvP if you're on a PvP server. Um, and I, and I honestly, I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I dig it. I, I don't know. For me... Yeah, you're not going to have a level 60 guy just, you know, sitting up on the bluff outside of, you know, Mos Espa just yanking you every time you leave exactly. the, the taxi thing. Yeah, so you have a chance. And so they, the new system's called Level Sync. And um, so, for example, if you're level 60, you return to Alderaan, you can do submissions. Your character will be scaled down to level 32. Um, when you're under... While you are under level sync, the following things are adjusted on your character, stats, armor, and weapon damage. The issue people have is you can't turn it off. And I think if you were able to turn it off, that would become a bit of a problem, especially with open world PvP yes. and various other things. So it was it would kind of have to be all or nothing unless you're allowing it like in old EverQuest 2 days. You would be out level for the planet unless I was helping you and I said, okay, mentor. And then it would level me down. And then everything would turn from gray to, right. you know. And one thing I do gray. notice that it doesn't mention there is your HP isn't affected. No, and your abilities are still there. Yes. Everything's there. It's just... You know, they're just bringing you down a notch. And and you're leveled down to the highest level of that planet. Yeah. So I think Alderaan's up to, like, what, level 32 or something, something like, like that? that. Yeah. So you would be 32 if you were 65, right? You wouldn't yep. be, like, the low end of it is what I'm saying. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. And I'm kind of stoked about it. Any other thoughts on this? No, I, I actually agree with the uh, the that it's planet planet wide. I do like that because it it'll solve a lot of the ganking thing of yeah. people that are just well, we don't and we're on, on a PVE server now, so that's not a big deal. Right. But I think on the PvP planets that's helpful or the PvP servers. And then again, like I said, I wouldn't mind going back and doing some stuff on some other planets. Um, you know, I really wouldn't, and I don't care. It's nice to not just walk around and be like, hi, I am so high level, you can't even see me. Of course I see you. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Right? I'm walking right next to you. This, um, I actually think, would help our peers mm-hmm. much better than any average player. That's a good point, too. Yeah. All right. So experience and grouping, they've made some changes to how grouping and experience works. They felt it was important to let players group up with whomever they want while still being able to make uh, progress. So with that in mind, they made a few following adjustments. So, experience is no longer split between memberships of your members of your group. This means the size of your group no longer impacts how much experience your character will earn. Nice. That, I think, is really cool. 
And the experience earned is now based on the level difference between the highest level character after level sync and the level of the NPC. So you're going to get some combination of XP depending on your right. level in re- relation to the NPCs. Right? Yes. Which is good. So if you're level 32 on Alderaan, the mobs are 28. You're going to get less than you would if they were 32. Right. That's all after level sync. That's how I'm reading it. Um, we already talked about temporary ability bars. I don't think there's anything new in here that um, we need to add. And ability replacements. Um, you know, I think this is interesting. So speaking of trying to reduce some ability bar clutter, we can now actually replace older abilities with things that are direct upgrades. So you know how when you get that... I know on my Assassin, instead of Force Lightning, it turns into Depredating Bolts Right. Um, at 60-some-odd. And so what they're saying is instead of now having to go in and, and physically put that on your bar, it would just replace it. Cool. Which is good. Um, Makes it good for dumb people like me. <laughs> I'm on, seriously, when it comes to <laughs> stuff like that, I'm an idiot. So. <laughs> You're not allowed to laugh at us that much. I was trying not to. I was trying to keep it together. Okay, so whenever you abandon your disciplines, so if you change disciplines, and so like in my case, it would go back to Force Lightning if I was a Sork, right? Um, it would replace that. It would go back. So you wouldn't have to, if you're dumb, you wouldn't have to, I mean, you said it. You wouldn't have to actually go back and change. Don't get all angry. Okay, moving on. No, moving on. Don't. That's a bottle. Okay, so companions. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have anything new here on companions. They'll now summon, um, they can take any role. This is interesting. Companions that use the same weapon type will share the same ability sets. So every companion that uses blaster pistols will have the same ability sets. Cool. Which kind of makes sense. And companions no longer generate any stat from gear, which we know about. It's right. all it's all cosmetic. Yep. And they're going to be part of your personal story. And then we also do have the new companions, which is cool too. Yeah, and they the still haven't uh, gone in, in depth on Alliance yet. So mm-hmm. we're hoping for that hopefully sometime next week. It should be next week. That's pretty much the last thing they haven't, one of the last things they haven't given us. Um, all right, so let's talk about core world core world changes. Um, so we kind of talked about this already. This is their new uh, 12 times XP. Right. Um, we talked about the critical path, meaning that missions will only be, it'll be core world missions and your class missions. Right. That'll be the bulk of your XP. And then we talked about heroic missions. So turn in, tune into last week. We don't want to get into all this. Yeah, again. I'm so excited about heroic missions. And Me actually, too. this came up during our WOG run. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, the... Um, we don't run our wog runs. And oh no. Okay. That would be a cluster. <laughs> but our leaders as specifically asked the question is once 4.0 hits and everything gets leveled up to 65, uh they're going to be off doing their own stuff now, yeah. right? Re, re, you know. Oh yeah, they're going to be running back through that content at level. Right. right. And a lot of that stuff we're not going to be able to, to do. Right. So they said, "Well, what are you guys planning to do with wogging?" And we brought up the fact that we wanted to do the heroics. I yeah. would like to do heroics. And I would tacticals. like to do some tacticals. I would like to go back to flashpoints I've never seen. Flashpoints. Since they're all tactical now, I think that would be really fun. We could do a couple, a few in a night probably. I would also really like to finish up, since Legacy Datacrons are a thing. Do Datacron runs. I'd like to do that. And finish, and we'll talk about that in Companion and, uh, Affection. Uh, but and World Bosses. And World Bosses too. Absolutely. So we're going to be doing some, some still some WOG content, and uh, but it's just going to be a little bit more tailor-made. And I think... In the first couple weeks, we'll probably put it off to just that kind of stuff um, while people are leveling and checking out the yeah. story. Because we have nine chapters. Be, yeah, they're going to be doing all their own stuff for a while. Yeah, we have nine chapters to go through. We'll probably take a week off, and then we'll run through some stuff and start doing some of that other stuff later. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think we just start banging our head against, you know, the lowest level ops. Like try back, yep. you know, try EV again and see if we can do it after a month or so. And once people get gear and stuff like that. So I think it'll be fine. I'm not worried about finding stuff to do because it sounds like we're going to have even more stuff to do. So that's good. Yeah, and actually I'm kind of talking about once we get gear for low level ops. Yeah. That'll get, there's something coming up here about gear. Absolutely. So we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So we're not going to go back into this uh, mission stuff. We were talking about the new uh, triangles, um, star triangles. Actually, they didn't say this before, but star triangles are the exploration missions, which are like the side missions. Yes. And arrow triangles are repeatable missions, including heroics. Gold triangles are the critical path missions, uh, like planetary stuff, and missions to unlock flashpoints. And then purple triangles are, sorry, gold triangles are critical path side missions. Right. Along with additional ones, such as missions to unlock flashpoints. And then the purple triangle is the other stuff, uh, main missions and planet missions. Uh, all right, so companion affection achievements. This came out today, or a couple days ago, I can't remember. But um, there's just this one piece of information I wanted to throw out there, and I think this is actually solidifying my apathy towards what I want to do with companions. Okay. You ready? Yes. I'm, I'm going to become apathetic. Damn it. Become apathetic? Yeah. Is that not the proper nomenclature? No, I'm saying you've already been apathetic. Oh, well, how dare you. So anyway, I wanted to pass on some information regarding um, changes to companion achievements in Knights of the Fallen Empire. So, affection is being changed to influence. We've talked about that. Yes. Um, the one thing is... <laughs> do Okay. So, affection is being changed to influence to coincide with your character's alliance. Due to this, they're going to be removing all of the reach max affection achievements from the game. <laughs> and Will has left the building. So, along with... The, <laughs> he might be coming back. Let me, I'll read through this and he might return. He's very upset because, again... My apathy wins. So, I maxed them all out. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not even close. So, along with the achievement points, which they have granted, we didn't want to create a situation where a very large number of achievement points were no longer accessible. You can click on the spoiler tag below to see a full list of the achievements being removed. Don't get angry. Uh, this might be okay. I don't know. There's some controversy here. As a note, the achievements for loyalty to the blank class name, which were granted for maxing infection for all those classes, companions are going to be changed as well. Now you will complete that achievement. Okay. Okay. See, you're back. By completing the kill X enemies with X as your active companion. Huh? Which they already have some of those. Yeah, but watch. It's, it's, okay. it's gonna help. It's gonna ma- It's gonna happen. To make up for the loss of achievement points made via these changes, they've also adjusted the following. They've increased the point values for the kill 1000 achievements from 5 to 20. Okay. Okay. And they've added new devotion to the blank class achievement for completing all the kill 1000 achievements for class slash faction. All right. So when completed, you'll be granted Imperial slash Republic squad commander title respectively. Ooh, okay. I like that. That's kind of cool, right? And they've added kill X achievements for both ship droids. Oh, nice. <laughs> See? That's badass. There's a link in the show notes to find out all the ones that are removed. You can guess which ones they are. Yes. Now, as a person who has completed all of the... Max Affection. Max Affection. How do you feel? Well, they kind of lost me at the point where they said, uh, due to this, we're removing all the Reach Max Affection achievements from the game, along with the achievement points for which they have granted. So it means I was losing a whole bunch of achievement points. But they are giving them back in other ways, so I'm okay with it. I mean... I think the uh, once they release once they release what the alliance thing is going to be, I'm thinking there's going to be a something along with that 
part of the game that's going to make us happier. What I would like to see... Okay, take note, Bioware. ...is just as with... Uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, uh, just as with crafting, mm. they're moving stuff to an archive tab. Yep. Move the achievements that you're removing to an archive tab and no longer put the points earned on or whatever, but just put a little thing that says completed or not completed. That you did it, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just, point. it just shows us what stuff we've done. Right. Even though it doesn't give us any more points. But, but you can also kind of, you know, six years, or, you know, four years from now, if we're still playing this and the game still exists the way it does, you can kind of be like, hey, remember when those achievements were a thing? I did. did you them. get them all? I got them all. It's pretty yeah. cool, right? I don't know. That's something. And so someone asked, will the new squad commander and devotion X titles be retroactive if you've killed all the things? And it's, of course, the answer is yes. Yes. Does it mean there won't be any new influence achievements either? Reach 10 influence with. Lana, for example. And, of course, the answer is that is correct. There are no influence achievements planned to be live in Fallen Empire. However, however, we certainly could add them in the future and have and have them be retroactive. Okay. At least they're saying that if they did, they would be retroactive. So that's something. And um, let's see. There's some question about global unlocks. So they came out and said, I've seen some questions about global legacy unlocks tied to companions, the presence bonus and the reduced cooldown on heroic moment. These are remaining exactly the same. Good. So the benefit is still there for maxing your companion's affection and completing their storyline. Okay. Because that was actually two of the things that I loved about. Um, so does this mean that I can't do that ever? I won't be able to access that? The, that is a very good question. That what I would, I would be upset about if I were you. Because if I don't go and maximize, max all my affection, I don't, not that I'm really hurting over that cooldown, but it would be something that is not accessible to a large portion of the population if they get rid of it entirely. Right. So, like, for example, your cooldown on your heroic moment is what, 20 minutes? 10, I think. Is it 10? I don't know. I think it's 10. Let's say it's 10. Let's say it's 10. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've completed all my characters in all eight classes, so. You know, I think it was 30 seconds for each one, so yeah. my cooldown is like four minutes less. Right. Which, which is sweet. Which is sweet. Um, so I do like that, but I do, and that was the big thing, I mean, besides it just being a box to, to click off on my to-do list, um, I did like that you got 10 bonus presents for each one that you've maxed right. out, and you got the cooldown, and so... I like that we're keeping that. I'm a little bummed for you that you can never earn that. Yeah, we'll see how they end up doing it. I, I'm not, I'm not losing any sleep over it right now. But I, I actually have been toying with the idea between now and 4.0, just doing that. But the issue is right now the way the affection is, like to finish all of their stories and to, and to max their affection, I have to buy all those damn gifts, and I have a bunch of gifts, but it's not enough to get everybody through. So I don't know. That just seems tedious. Okay, those are two separate I, things. I don't have that kind of time. There are the achievements for max affection. Right. Which is what we're talking about. Right. You can max affection without finishing their storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The storylines are a completely different thing. You're right. I was and just thinking about I'm, seeing their story. Right. But, yeah. The unlocking their storylines is what gives you the 10% debuff, I believe. Uh, maybe. Or the... The, or the, the heroic? Yeah, something like that. Okay. It's Yeah. Well, my thing is, dude, I'm actually max affection on a lot of my guys. I just haven't finished their stories. So that's something else. All right. And that's just mostly you needing to talk to them. Yeah. Some of them I don't want to talk to. All right. So let's just get on your ship and go go through all the gold triangles. I do. I do that. But then they stop talking at some point and they have to give them gifts and then they get all stupid about what gifts I give them. It's just tedious. (laughs) I've just had that kind of day. All right. I don't want to deal with that crap. Wow. 
Wow, that that went hmm. aggressive. It did. Moving on. Moving uh, on. Crafting changes. Last thing here. Crafting changes. Uh, they are making things. They're working on getting things a little more balanced. So balancing the crafting skills so the benefits of all crafts uh, are we are equal, relatively equal. So improving the quality of crafted items. We did talk about a little bit last week about how they're getting rid of the random gear colors and making everything blue, right. usable. Greens will be stuff to to Archive. do that. So, right. so we have general crew skill changes. So while leveling in Star Wars: The Republic, we want to ensure that crew skills are a way to help supplement your experience. So I made a few changes to help streamline their experience with crew skills from one to sixty-five, um, including some quality of life changes. And I don't think we've covered any of these, so let's check this out. Crew, oh, we did cover crew skill cap will remain at five hundred. Yes. Um, and there's no capping increase in 4.0. Uh, crafting skill groups have been removed and are no longer needed to improve your crafting skill. So, example, when you hit 400 crafting skill, you not need to visit the trainer. Oh, thank God. That was so annoying. Yeah, and turn the 10,000 credits yeah. to unlock I mean, it. I'm not doing that. So, all crafting has been organized into eight grades. So Which coincides with the eight grades of materials that they're shrinking right. it down to. Right. And so, this will help clarify the different crafting tiers. And so the breakdown is, you know, grade grade one is, you know, and we'll have a link in the show notes. So 55 plus is grade eight. Right. So basically it's 450 to 500. And it's really actually much more streamlined, which is good. Uh, crafting skill changes. So there's no longer premium green items to craft. All craftable items start as uh, the blue quality. Right. Reverse engineering items no longer gives a random item. Instead, the item reverse engineered will give you an improved version of that item. That's amazing. I just realized that that is way better. So before, when you reverse engineer something, right. right, you would get some component. That was made to build it. Right. Right. And so it would break and you it. you had a chance to, to get, get the upgrade. To get the schematic for the upgrade. Right. So now reverse engineering gives you an improved version of that item. How would that work? I want to find that interesting. So I guess if you have a green item. No, you have a blue item. Right. You reverse engineer. You reverse engineer and want to get a purple. Well, does that mean you can just take one item and re- keep reverse engineering it until you get to the top level? That's a damn good question. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's just awkwardly worded. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, the chance to get an improved item from reverse engineering has been increased. Uh, that seems more interesting. And all crafted armor is adaptive, which is cool. Nearly all schematics require a new premium green crafted material called a component. And this new component is made by combining two existing crafting materials along with two vendor purchase materials, all of which are the same grade as the component. So, for example, Armor Mech Crafter wants to craft a grade 6 chess piece. Okay, that's uh-huh. level 46. It's a prototype blue quality armor, requires four ceridium and four durasteel armor assembly components. Wow, bro. Wow. The player will need two durasteel, two zal alloy, and two thermoplast flux. Uh, to craft each component, and once they have the four components and four ceridium from Underworld Trading, they'll be able to craft their chess piece. Yeah, I like it. Hmm, sounds good to me. Oh, that's interesting. If a player chose to, they could level up exclusively by crafting components. This is... it's actually Which I like, because you don't have to send out a bunch of companions all the time. Yeah, it's reminding me a lot of the way the augment kits were built. Mm-hmm. Right, you break something down, you use that, turn around. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, what I like most about this, and I don't think you've gotten to it yet, is that actually there are going to, you know, it used to be that you could only craft up to, you know, basically it was like 
level 50 at the time, mm-hmm. right? But now you're actually going to be able to craft uh, basic ops gear. Yeah, for sure. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So in most cases, crafting items have been greatly reduced. Um, this will enable crafters to create more items to coincide with faster leveling. And augments have been reduced to the eight tiers as well. Yes. All right. Let's finish this up. So, uh, along with these general changes, which are affecting crafting, there are some more detailed changes. Armorings can no longer be crafted by cybertechs. Which never made sense. Yeah. Uh, new resistive armorings endurance are now exclusive to armor mech. New versatile armorings mastery are now exclusive to synth weaving. Yep. And enhancements can no longer be crafted by artificers and are now exclusive to cybertechs. That makes sense too. Yeah. Um, for each, and that's the balancing thing. Yeah. They're just trying to make it so everybody kind of has something that they can do. For these uh, specific examples, these crafters crafting patterns have been completely removed from their respective crafting skill. And so because of the mastery stat, armor techs can now craft shield, absorb, and mastery arguments. Synth weavers are now alacrity, defense, and critical. And arms tech is accuracy, endurance, and power. So that's cool. And all previously reusable biochem consumer consumables are no longer reusable. There we go. Really? And this is to balance the crafting skill with others. Because, again, everybody was just going biotech. All low-level bio, biochem stimulants have been improved. Their duration has increased eight hours, and now they may, and now made in batches of six to eight. That's cool. Okay, yeah. Droid armor has been removed from the game, as all companion armor is now strictly for appearances. Good. And droid appearances can't, oh, we already talked about that last week, can't be modified. And all previously reusable cybertech grenades are no longer reusable. So they're now more powerful than their prototype equivalent, and this is to balance uh, the crafting skill with others. Um, all right. So Elder Game Crafting, and then I think we're done. Uh, uh, this is where I, I, the ops gear. Oh, yeah. All modifications acquired from operations can now be reverse engineered for their schematics, which is cool. Yes. I think that's a great thing. And All modifications, but the ops gear itself can no longer be reverse engineered. Right. And all modifications... Uh, sorry. And operation gear can no longer be reverse engineered, and crafters can make gear equivalent to story and hard mode operations gear, which is cool. Yes. Um, they can be acquired from the trainer, and this crafted gear, when reverse engineered, is equivalent to story mode operations gear, which which would be nice to just get by crafting. I like crafting. I am a noob ops. Yep. I want to be able to craft the gear so I don't feel like when I get into ops, I have to be carried because I don't have ops gear yet because I haven't been in the ops to get the drop. Hashtag dead weight. Hashtag dead weight, indeed. All right, so when this story mode equivalent gear is reverse engineered, a player can acquire the schematic to craft hard mode operations equivalent gear, which is amazing. Yes. And this new gear has a guaranteed reverse engineered chance, which is even better, because what was happening before is you would get a drop in an op and be like, reverse engineer, and hope for that, get that 20% or yeah. whatever it was to get that schematic. And if you didn't, guess who's running the op again? Yes. Right? Um, this new gear is sellable and tradable. And uh, this new gear requires a new crafting material that can only be acquired by completing your personal conquest goals. Well, that's kind of cool. That encourages oh, you to conquest. Except, hopefully they get that conquest thing worked out. Yeah. <laughs> and this gear does not have set bonuses. And, which makes sense. There's only the stuff from the ops. You know. Right. And relics cannot be crafted in this method. All right. I think those are great changes to the Elder Gear. And I think that helps us. I agree. we're noobs. And um, harvesting and mission skill changes, we already talked about all this for the most part. Harvesting node changes to where you go to a planet and depending on how much, right. what your skill level is. 
And um, I don't think there's anything necessarily new in here, right? Archaeology crystals now grant fragments and crystals in addition to color crystals, which is nice. And I, the, I like ahead. the first thing on the list. Oh, all unlocked crew skill missions are now fully visible. And, and no, no longer, longer ra- randomized. Yeah, we talked about that last week, remember? I was saying because they all show up now. When you pull up your crew skill thing, you don't get random stuff. You get all available ones. I don't remember. Yeah, we, we were talking about that last week. I remember talking about that last week. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you, if you run, you know, credit runs too often, mm-hmm. credit missions, then all of a sudden you, you don't have the the bountiful ones or the... Exactly. The rich ones. So now all the available ones will be there, which cool. is cool. I think we talked about all these other ones. And all harvesting nodes have a chance to grant uh, both sets of materials for their respective grade. And the completion time for crew skill missions have been greatly reduced. Which is even better. Very good. Cool, man. And crafting, uh, there's some stuff that's being removed, crafting material. And the link, again, is in the show notes. So along with all of the other cha- changes they're making, they're removing many of the current crafting materials from the game. And um, so basically, for example, the Plasteel is being removed from the game. If you have 100 Plasteel when Fallen Empire launches, it will turn into 100 Plastoid, which is something right. useful. Again, we talk, they're not going to just be like, here is 10 credits. Right. For that, or give you some piece of junk you have to vendor, right? So um, there's a list here of stuff that's going to be changing. So, man, um, we got through that in a lot longer than we thought. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at this list, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go into you're my... You're going to do it. I well, know you're going to do it. No, I'm, I'm looking at my... No, I'm not even going to go through the list. I'm just going to say, okay, the day before Fallen Empire hits, <laughs> I'm going to be looking at my, my legacy uh, st- storage. It's going to be all this wide variety of stuff. And we're going to go back, and it's going to be like 10 things, all <laughs> different stacks. You know what I'm excited about is if that happens, if all these are being removed and they're replaced with something um, good, and then I want to, I'm going to, I might tweet Musco. Like one quality of life thing that has to happen increase the stacks. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I mean, they've, well, they have stacks at 99, which I understand, but. The thing they absolutely have to do is the stuff that's maxed at ten and twenties. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, but, go nine ninety nine on everything. Yeah, go nine ninety nine. That would be awesome. Thanks, Bioware. You heard it here first. We've already done that. Moving on. All right, moving on. So we have a podcast corner this week. We do because we've been skipping it for about oh, three weeks now, four weeks now, and I want to add in two things. Uh, one podcast I mentioned before called Assembly of Geeks. And Which I'll I listen to on occasion. There, it's a really good show. They do a lot of like little skits and stuff, yeah. and like they have this whole theme of like they work in the you know the uh, the <laughs> the geek. Uh, what do they call it? It's kind of like the Forts of Solitude for right. the geeks. But anyway, um, they've had this ongoing story going on now, which is pretty cool. And um, but because Agents of, Agents of Shield is coming back, they did it in Agents of Shield week. So they have a couple episodes out right now talking about. They interviewed um, one of the costume designers from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Nice. And they interviewed uh, Coulson himself. And in the latest... <laughs> it's phenomenal. In the same episode, they inter- interviewed those two folks. And um, the Agent Coulson interview, his the actual dude's name just flew out of my head, of course. But it's such a really good interview. Definitely check out Assembly of Geeks. If you don't listen to the show... It's it's a really well done show. Um, they have you know secret identities and they do this whole thing. It's really fun. And you're trying to think of homeboy's name, but that's okay. Because he used to be on West Wing and Sports Indeed. Night, and I'm drawing uh-huh. a blank. Okay. Um, is it Craig? What's his name? Chris. I keep wanting to say Craig. 
Well, he looks that up. My other one is uh, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, as anybody who's listened to this knows. Um, and he does Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg. I was close with Craig. Uh, Clark Gregg. Um, great interview. Definitely check it out. Assembly of Geeks. Link in the show notes. Fat Man on Batman. Yes. Okay. Which we saw live at our very first Comic Con. We did four years ago. <laughs> before, like when I was really starting to listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, Fat Man on Batman. One of the early episodes. I think it was like episode four or five or something. Because there's not, he doesn't focus only on Batman anymore. He's been hanging out with this guy named Mark. A black guy is freaking hilarious. Um, he's a writer. He used to write for Playboy. Okay. Um, and really good writer, and they work really well together. So they've been doing this thing called um, Big Fat Utility Belt. And essentially what they do is they just run through geek news. And kind of what we do, they go to the you know the sites that kind of clump them all together and talk about some of the stuff they really like. And I, I wanted to highlight it this week because I've really been enjoying it. The last four or five episodes have only been, for the most part, the Big Fat Utility Belt. Right. And it's it's a lot of fun. I love If you like Kevin Smith... And you want to check out, uh, and you just want to hear him, you know, basically smoke pot and talk about, uh, you know, geek news right. with with a really funny, really well spoken dude. Check it out. Cool. So that's it. Podcast corner. I started downloading it last week, and Indeed. I just haven't had a chance to listen to any yet. Well, take a listen, and we'll talk about it next week. What's that flashing? Losing their deflector shield. Both trap yourselves in. I'm gonna make a jump to light speed. All right, so as we talked about, we are getting into our Star Wars section. Yes. This is it. And what we're going to do this week, like we said, is we are skipping comics again. Because next week we're going to talk about Kanan 6, Lando 5, Vader 10, Star Wars 10, and Shadow Empire 2. Quite a few. And I'm really secretly hoping, even though probably not... I mean, we'll probably have a little bit to talk about SWOTOR-wise, but I'm hoping that will be condensed. And then we can kind of expand on all this stuff yeah the only like we said the only thing they really have coming out left is alliance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's the, pretty much it exactly so we're gonna have a big comic section next week so tune in we're maybe hoping to get a guest or two yes um so let's get into a couple things uh battlefront beta starting tomorrow you've already okay. downloaded your um yep right before we recorded i downloaded i pre-loaded Ooh. pre-loaded Preloaded the beta. I'm ready. I'm preloaded. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'm pretty stoked. And they're going to have the Walker Assault on Hoth, um, Drop Zone on Solace, Survival Missions on Tatooine. Um, and I'm pretty pumped about this. I preloaded it. I'm ready to go, dude. And it's only going till the 12th, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. I, I mean, especially since that's the beginning of our week off. So, And I have a really busy weekend with the GGC, and we may or may not be on, guests on a podcast on Friday. Right. I have to edit this one. I mean, I've got a lot going on. It's going to be really, a busy weekend. Yeah. It's going to be a busy um, weekend. I'm but. excited for a couple of, of reasons. Um, I forget what the first one was. Okay. What's your second one? Uh, the fact that we're fighting on Solist. Yeah. That's going to be fun. I and mean, when we fought on Hoth and Tatooine on multiple games, I of the games that I've played, I've never fought on Solus. So it'd be kind of cool to see the planet where Nemyub comes from. Yeah, and it says, um, escape pods are crashing down, and you and your team must fight to control them. With it, with its frantic 8v8 matches, so it's not the 40-player battle right. that we did, Drop Zone is sure to put your combat and strategy skills to the test. So that's pretty cool. And then this is the survival missions, which I'm kind of pumped about. Yeah, that's more my speed. Yeah, so play alone or with a friend via co-op or split screen as you battle to hold off waves of Imperial Force. I can see us doing this until all hours of the night. 
Yeah, that's how usually how I do it to all hours of the night. Indeed. You know, playing alone. <laughs> playing, <laughs> playing alone or with a friend. You know what? Right? Okay. You know what I'm saying? See what I did there? Woo! Okay, this kind of reminds me. Okay, for those okay. of you who are not only just geeks, but you like sports as well. Uh, yep. If you remember back in the day when SportsCenter first started to get big on ESPN, it was hosted by Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick. And they called it The Big Show. And they were like the inventors oh, yeah. of the yep. of the taglines, right? Like, um, you know, they... Like Boom Shakalaka and stuff, yeah, stuff like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Stuart Scott has more known than, you know, Cools as a side of the pillow. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, all that stuff. But my yeah. favorite one of all time is one that Keith Oldman used to do. And anybody who has been around sports, especially baseball... God, he doesn't know, even do politics anymore. He's been gone. No, he's actually back onto sports. Is he? Yes. Okay, he's, good for him. And he's back with ESPN. Good. But oh, really? I've been a... Yeah, he and ESPN <laughs> had a huge falling out. They actually hired him back, huh? Yeah, but <laughs> I actually have been a huge fan of Keith Oldman for years and mm. years. Because before he even went national, he was a sportscaster for Channel 2 out of L.A., Oh, that's and when weird. I was a kid, like twelve years old, he did a segment every week on baseball cards. Oh, nice! And so I loved it. So, anyways, but he had this this sign where when you know, when you're playing when you're scoring baseball, you're you have the scorecard and you're scoring it right. And it's my favorite line. He always used to do. He's like, "That's a six four three double play if you're scoring at home or if you're alone, <laughs> or if you're alone." <laughs> Speaking of being alone and um, cards, segue, segue. Here we go. In addition to the Star Wars Battlefront beta on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Origin for PC, you also get a chance to try out Star Wars Battlefront Companion Experience. Ooh. You're going to like this. Available during the beta only at StarWarsBattlefront.com, the Star Wars Battlefront Companion Experience features the strategic card game-based command and lets you earn in-game credits that unlock star cards, weapons, and more in Star Wars Battlefront. In addition to base command, the companion also lets players check out game stats and progression, customize loadouts and appearance, connect with friends, and more. Okay, cool. The mm-hmm. one question yeah, I, I have... Not the... not. Look, I expected a better response, but continue. I'm wow! Like, <laughs> okay, that's over Too the much. top. So, continue. Okay, the, the one question I have is, it says that the base command thing is only going to be available during beta. Yep. Right? The credits earned... Mm. Do those expire at the end of beta? No, I imagine that is. I imagine the only way that's an incentive at all is if in the live game, it that, rolls over. It, it's got it. That's got to go towards your live game experience, not towards your. Unless they're unless this is like a base command beta, right? Also, and when the game drops, they're going to do that as well. That's the only thing I can think yeah. of. But I don't know about, enough about it. We have links in the show notes. We don't know all the things. We don't know. Sh- okay, sir. We don't know. Bleep. Ish. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. That's it for Battlefront. I'm excited. I'm planned. I'm hoping it drops at midnight. I have no doubt that I'll be awake. And if it starts at midnight, I'm gonna jump in and shoot some fools. Yeah, I think I'll be waiting. I mean, I'm gonna download it tonight. Um, but I think I'm gonna be waiting until tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. Never wait. Always now. Words of wisdom by me. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Rebels news. Rebels starts next week. Rebels starts next week. We're pretty stoked. Starts on the 14th, and our rumor mill has now been confirmed. Has been confirmed that we're wrong. Um, but what has been confirmed, we'll put a link in the show notes, is a video of Sarah Michelle Geller talking about the role she's actually voicing, not Princess Leia. Right. She, she I mean, I guess that's still a possibility. But she is voicing um, the next Inquisitor, which female is Inquisitor. Awesome. Which they're getting great people to, because Jason Isaac was a great Inquisitor. Yeah. And the video you see her in action, and it's oh, it's gonna be cool. I mean, and the coolest part about that. Is who is she probably going to be fighting? 
Kanan. Kanan, who's voiced by her real life. Freddie Prince. Yeah, Freddie Prince guy. So that's going to be cool. Yes. I'm excited. Exciting. Uh, all right. So I moved. That's it. We're done with Star Wars. Done with Star Wars. Oh, that was quick. I feel like we should add something. No. Okay. That's it for Star Wars this week. Again, next week, please tune in for a super epic comic section. Yes. For next week. Comic explosion. Comic explosion. Mm, That sounds dirty. Sounds too much like something else. Moving on. I can't imagine any kind of future where I'm a hero. Well, you're not. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Uh, sec- section three. I added something. You did. Normally I host the, the uh, pop culture, and I still will, but we have moved a section that Marshall created into pop culture because it just makes more sense. Yep. This week, we moved the rumor mill, which we're still working on a jingle and or bumper for. Bumper. Bumper. Okay, so we have two nice rumors here. One is Straight Outta Compton director is rumored for Black Panther. Yeah, F. Gary Gray... Mm-hmm. Who you know, of course, exploded with uh, Straight Outta Compton this year, but he also did Friday, and you know other movies. Uh, Friday, damn. <laughs> anyways, thank you. Uh, anyways, uh, th- this actually goes along with some confirmed news and with some rumored news. The confirmed news about Black Panther is that Joe Robert Cole uh, has been signed on to write. Uh, if you don't know the name. It's probably because he hasn't written anything yet. Yeah. But he comes out of the Marvel in-house writers program just like Nicole Perlman did, Hmm. who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. Very cool. So that's very cool. Another bit of confirmed news, which goes along with the rumor that F. Gary Gray is going to be uh, possibly directing, is that Ava DuVernay, who directed Selma last year, has turned down the offer. Oh, interesting. Yes. Well... Um, It obviously, you know, and I, I don't want to... I mean, I honestly, I don't know anything about Joe Robert Cole, so I can't speak to this. But with the the offer to Ava DuVernay and the possibility of F. Gary Gray, um, because Chadwick Boseman obviously is black, yeah, he's playing. But it's like they're obviously going for that. Uh, well, I think that's important. <laughs> it is because they they're going for an ethnic. They are, but they're not going out of for ethnic, no, they're not, not going out of for sake. that. They're going for the people that have the experience. The life experience to be able to inform oh, those okay. creative decisions. So, someone that may have experienced something along civil rights, Black Pantherish stuff. Right. If I was going to write a, I mean, it would be so much harder for me to relate to write a book about Langston Hughes yeah. than you possibly. Indeed, and I think that's important. And this, what I think is cool about this, if I mean, again, it's just a rumor, but it does say, yeah. Um, and so I think, and we can leave all that stuff. I mean, Gray was actually, so in this rumor article thing, it says Gray was actually said to be, uh, set up to direct Captain America, the Winter Soldier, but reportedly decided to do Compton instead. So if that's true, it, it's actually almost a better fit to do Black Panther. Yeah. And this is, gonna we're s- going to get in trouble here. Yeah. Okay. This is going to sound a little weird. <laughs> I'm a this black is- guy, by the way. Okay. Listeners. I'm a black man. Marshall's a black man, and I'm a historian. Yeah, so we historian. look at things differently. Yeah, right. So, you do. yeah, definitely I do. But <laughs> this totally reminds me of the whole ongoing debate right now about Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Where we're getting deep. We are. We're, I mean, just really quick thing here because I've never really talked politics on here at all. Yeah. But what the people of, of the Black Lives Movement 
are trying to get across to the people who are saying all lives matter is that, yes, all lives do matter. Obviously. But in this context, black lives matter. Yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that It's the same people that say, <laughs> what is the reason for calling them African American? Right. As opposed to just American. You're right. an American now, right? Sure. For example, John Wayne sang an old song back in the day called Hyphen. Right, which mm-hmm. is like you're no longer an Indian American or an African, you're an American, right? Sure. But it by saying that it discounts the experience that that person's ancestry Indeed. has had to deal with to get them to the way they are, the way they are. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, one hundred percent. So even though, for example, F. Gary Gray also did Italian Job, which is about as white God, as I an love action. Love that movie. So do I. <laughs> which is about as white as an action movie as you can get. Oh yeah. Um, um, and also. Brazilian Job is still on the way coming, I think. Really? Yeah, the sequel. Oh, that's cool. But anyways... I love Italian Job. It doesn't say that he can only do these right. movies, but it's saying that he will come from a different place than, say, if Spielberg were doing it. Well, what I think is important to say is probably he's going to come from a similar place that the original authors of Black Panther came from. Yes. And, and basically get across the message that... Why Black Panther came out and was a thing in the first place is what we're hoping that someone like um, F. Gary Gray is going to bring. Yes, exactly. That's why I'm a writer. And it's a, it's the same reason why Spielberg had a totally different viewpoint on Schindler's List yeah. <laughs> than uh, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola would have. Exactly. So I, I think we're we're saying the right things. Yes. Um, we don't have a whole lot of listeners. By, by, by now, you're all gone. Bioware stopped listening, and it's never listened. So, and now the FBI is listening. And look, and, and if we're now we're flagged, we're flagged, bro. And and that will only help our listenership. Yeah. Well, because this gets to my favorite thing about pop culture, mm-hmm. is that pop culture is culture. Indeed. It is a cultural aspect of our society. Exactly. And it's not just fluff. No, man. And, and even the fluff is important. Let me bring the... Let me actually... Man, we're segueing all over the damn place tonight. So let me bring in something I wanted to kind of talk about. What I'm doing with my kids, we're reading Ready Player One with my students. And one of the things we do most weeks is I have them get into groups and research two or three pop culture references from the text. There are hundreds of pop 80s, 90s pop culture references, 70s uh, in Ready Player One. What's really neat about that is I have them say, okay, don't, I want you to figure out why the author used this particular reference, but also, why do you think this was popular in the 80s? Don't, don't just say, well, it's popular in the 80s because people like music. Of course people like music, but why did the author use Dead Man's Party, um, to introduce Halliday's, um, you know, um, uh, Anorak's invitation to invite Oasis users of the game. If you've never read the book, that makes no sense. But my point is, is pop culture, it's more than just like, hey, this is popular. It, there's a reason that pop culture evolves and changes and, and from decade to decade, it makes a difference. Why people are making music now is way different than why people were making music back then. Exactly. You know, and. For, for example, I mean, for example, Dead Man's Party was done yeah. by Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. And most people don't remember that Danny Elfman was a member of Oingo Boingo. Hmm? So his long-lasting impact is informed by his experience with the making of Dead Man's Party. Exactly. And there's all these little connections, you know. I mean, um, but the point is, man, is is 
I love this segment, and I love talking pop culture with you. We've always done it, right? But at the same time, we've never got deep into it. Well, like this. and I think we're we're getting deep. But the reason we're doing this is because we love to talk about this stuff, and it's more than just like, "Hey, isn't this show cool?" Yeah, but what's this show doing? Right now, what is this movie doing? What is this director? What can this director bring to something like an obscure, not obscure, but a little referenced Marvel comic like like Black Panther? Well, exactly, right? and, it, and it goes back to to Nicole um, uh, Perlum who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy. She was the first female main writer right. on a superhero movie. Right. So, what does her experience as a woman bring to that? And the uh, the way that Gamora is is right. attributed. Love it, and I think and I think this is why we do this, man. And um, we've been segueing left and right. We're getting deep. Segways deep running. We're good. I think let's move to the next one. Yeah, move on. We're moving on. And um, thank you. And you know what the funny thing is? We actually okay. touched on this earlier when we were talking about Spectre and the oh, fact yeah. of Idris Elba and <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Dude, we were we're on point. On point. All right, and it's we're on fleek. <laughs> oh, how dare you bring that into my into my room? <laughs> that makes me angry. Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi is rumored to be leaving Doctor Who. Wow. Now rumored. Okay. Yes, rumored. But this is funny. Going back to last week, we mm-hmm. talked about the cycle of doctors. Yeah, and I'm glad we talked about that last week. Um, what I find really interesting about this particular rumor. Is because I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh-huh. I, I don't mind Peter. I don't see him saying that. I don't mind Peter Capaldi. I'm actually going to like him more. And we were talking about this last week. We already know that um, Jenna Coulson is um, Coleman is actually prob- is leaving this season. Right. What's pr- what the problem is right now is that um, there's the viewership is down. With, with with Doctor Who. And the thing is, they're only three episodes in. Granted, their well, seasons are only like 12 episodes long. But Capaldi was around last year, too. Or last season. Right. So, I don't know. Is it Capaldi? Is he too old? Do we not like him? Are people done with Jenna Col- Jen, Jen, um, you know, Clara? And I, 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 I go back and forth with that particular companion. She has been around a very long time. She's the longest running companion. She is. Uh, I'm more of a... Um, who was the last ones? The the couple. The Ponds. The Ponds. I love Amy Pond. And I just love that. And they were around a long time too. Right. And I and, and they bridged the gap between my favorite doctor and the last doctor and, and you know and eleven. Um but personally, dude, I don't know if it's if Capaldi needs to leave the show, but basically, um there's a couple things here. Let me just go through this. It's confirmed Jenna Coleman's leaving, yes. Um and it's not uh, let's see. With ra- ratings and numbers of viewers down this year, um, they're basically saying they're considering scrapping next year's Doctor Who and screening feature-length episodes it's like the way Sherlock does, um, which Sherlock works, right. but, you know. Um, and it said Doctor Who is BBC's biggest-selling program overseas, but according to the report, Doctor Who has hit a crisis period as viewership is now below 4 million. It's down around 2 million. And, you know, I, I hate to say it probably, I mean, the, the viewership worldwide is probably down because of Peter Capaldi. Because I, I hate so. to say it, yeah. Capaldi's not Matt Smith or David Tennant. No. It's not, I mean, they're just not, they're not going to bring in the fangirls. And coming off Smith, dude, I mean, he was the youngest companion. You go from the youngest companion to the oldest companion. Well, he's not the oldest, but yeah. Well, one of the oldest. One of the oldest. The but, oldest in like 35 years. Yeah, and he's like, but you, that, there's a big stark deal. Difference, yeah. A big difference between the two. And 
like I said, the wife and I, she's a big Matt Smith. I'm more of a tenant guy, but I love those two doctors. Yeah. Um, actually, I really like Eccleston too, but, um, but then all of a sudden now here we are with this really old right. doctor. And by the way, this is on me. Yeah. This sure. isn't to discount fangirls because fangirls mm. can be a derogatory term. It could but be. there are different types of fangirls. You have fangirls that are in it for the fandom, the fandom, and those that the, are in the, it for, for the, the actor. story. <laughs> The actor, too. The actor right? and the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, record. Uh, so anyway, there's also some rumors that he could be leaving to spend more time with family, and that kind of thing. So should we see both of them go? We also know for a fact that, um, oh, the last part of this rumor, which I thought you would like, it's also rumored that the BBC may reboot Doctor Who with a new cast in 2017 with Richard Madden from Game of Thrones, right. who plays um, Jon Snow. Right. Right. Um, and said to be the top of the list to play the new doctor and the new female doctor and a new female doctor who is also said to be a contender. So, yeah, okay. Do you think they should finally go female? We were just talking about this yes, with, with Bond. With, with Bond. Two, okay. With two things about, well, with Bond, no, you're not going to go female. Mm-hmm. I brought up Alan Marin, but I meant Alan Marin more in the aspect of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But two things here. First, first, I think also part of the thing is that we're one of the brilliant things about Doctor Who, and you saw this especially with Tennant. Right. Um, Unless with, with, because basically with Eccleston, you had Billy Piper. Yeah. And you had her original boyfriend at the beginning of the series who came as a companion. Right. And then with Matt Smith, you basically had the pawns. Right. Right. And, and River Song. But with Tennant, you had companions that came in and out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sometimes it would just be in for an episode. Sometimes Which I they were really liked nine. about that. Doctor. Exactly. It made it fresh. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you're getting multiple seasons of the same companion and that's not what the companion was originally designed as you're right and 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 i think with viewership being down it's like oh well there's not going to be and we already know i can't remember the actress's name but Arya stark from um, game of thrones is supposed to be in this season as well i thought that they were going to bring him her in already we're already in i mean we're coming up on episode four i believe this saturday Um, i'm hoping she shows up pretty quick and I'm hoping she becomes the next companion, honestly. I'm, I'm, and I think it's time for Coleman to go, for sure. Uh-huh. But, I mean, why not? I mean, Eccleston was only around, what, a season and a half? Just one. One season. So, he was gone quick. Why not get rid of Capaldi now and well, bring in someone else? This is season. I know. It's, I think it's, it's kind of time. Yeah. Dude. And then going back to the female It'll freshen doctor. it up and people will be like, what? The, there's a new doctor? And then all of a sudden, yeah. you get your viewership. And back. with the female doctor... This is where I don't think it's as important for the age thing to be an issue. Because I think either Helen Mirren or Maggie Smith, who plays... Um, the Master? No. Maggie Smith plays uh, McGonagall. In, okay. In Harry Potter, they would be brilliant Doctors, and they would bring in base, fan bases already. You're not up to date in Doctor Who currently. No. Um, I'm going to throw something else out there. Okay. And, I'm, and I don't... And I'm not. My point is not to spoil anything for you. Right. But I don't see why, and I and actually I'll ask the wife about this, and we'll come back next week and talk about it. I don't see why. I guess that couldn't happen, but if the new doctor, well, that couldn't happen because the master is the master. Um, there's a dynamic between the master and the doctor, and the master became a woman um, at some point a couple seasons back, and she's present in the first part of this season. Okay. And so I was thinking, why not, why, and she, that particular actress playing a Time Lord, woman Time Lord, she would be a freaking brilliant doctor, only except for the fact she's super evil. So anyway, 
Well, I, and also, why can't the doctor be African American? Why can't well, the doctor be evil? African British. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, African British. <laughs> yeah, exactly. African American. But for example, like, uh, uh, why can't the doctor be black? Is what you're saying? Exactly. But yeah. and and not Idris Elba, but somebody like, uh, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but from Twelve Years a Slave mm. and 2012, or the guy who played uh, Adrian Lester would be wonderful. Which one is he? He uh, was in. Um, Primary Colors with John Travolta. I see that. Uh, he was in uh, Day After Tomorrow. Oh, I did see that. He played uh, one of the people in the. Oh, I think I know the Scottish base. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, this is just a rumor, but I I don't know. I think although I will keep watching Doctor Who, the last episode was great, and I'm and again I'm really into this season, um, but I'm also ready for a change. I'm ready to say goodbye right. to a Doctor again. It's been a while. I know for me. Saying goodbye to Matt Smith was just as hard, if not harder, than saying excuse me, than saying goodbye to Tennant. Well, because you're also saying goodbye to the pond. Well, but that's what I'm saying. And so there was this whole, there's all these emotions wrapped up in this, and and for me, that's part of Doctor Who. It's some, exactly. it should Ever-team. it should come sooner than it has. Yes. All right, man. I'm gonna turn it over to you. Let's go. Um, out of rumor mill. Yeah, out of rumor mill. We're in the news. Um, Couple of casting news, really quick. Uh, possibility this is, should have gone into rumor mill, but it turns out Tatiana Maslany, who's the unofficial poster girl for the usual podcast, is in talks to uh, be in the movie Stronger, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, which stars Jake Dillon-Hall, and it's about the Boston bombing. Cool. So that'll be cool. Um, they've oh, she's so good. She is, and they've uh, Disney has finally cast the voice actor to uh, to portray uh, Moana. Cool. Um, and it's going to be done by Aluai Cravalho. I, you said that way better than I would have. <laughs> I practiced earlier. Good job. And uh, she's 14 years old, come out of nowhere. Thousands of people tried out for the role. She got wow. it. Cool. And uh, Dwayne Johnson, who's also in the movie, is already giving her high praise. So cool. I'm sure Good they did mud together. Um, another bit of news Disneyland again is raising their annual ticket prices. Um, I'd like to, st- I mean, I want to ask you something in a minute. Go ahead. Okay. Well, they're raising the average price, but they're they're lowering another price. Um, but the big thing is they're getting rid of the premium passport, which very few people bought. Mm-hmm. But it was the pass that was available for like seven hundred ninety nine dollars, and it got you into either Disneyland or Disney World. Oh, my mom actually had that for the last couple of years. Wow, that'd be cool. Um, but they're getting rid of that one. Okay. And now it's just making... Do you think it's because there's just so much more at Disney World and Disneyland now that... With Disneyland expanding, you, there's... You, yeah. You couldn't justify such a low price tag to be able to go to either at any time? Yeah. Well, I think the reason why... Because they, they didn't talk about raising Disney World prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though they are both building Star Wars uh, expansions... Um, I think it's it would be more expensive to build it in L.A. or in Anaheim than it is because they already own all the property there. Yeah, and yeah they own the property in Anaheim, too, but there's going to be so much more logistical nightmares with that. And with Caltrans getting involved, they're going to have much more issues with I-5. I gotcha. Just very similar to when they bought uh, when they built California Adventure. Okay. So I can understand the increase in ticket prices. All right. Um, the last bit of news Wait, is... Wait, hold on. Sorry. I was going to ask you a question yeah. about that. Are the... Um, are the hopper passes and all that stuff going up? No, those already went up. No, I know. <laughs> um, they went up three dollars. Uh, I think it was last year. Oh my god, dude! Up to, so they're ninety nine dollars now. Like it costs like almost a thousand dollars for my family, my family of four, to go for like four days. Get 
a four-day hopper pass. Yeah, this news is now just in relation to annual passes. Wow. Um, Just throwing that out. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, Marshall and I both used to live in Seattle. I did. And um, Seattle, if you haven't been there, they are big on the pub quiz concept, right? And uh, if you follow any new shows, you know, they have the Geeks Who Drink, which is hosted by Zachary Levi. Well, Mm -hmm. that's actually based on a nationwide organization based out of Denver called Geeks Who Drink. Cool. And I used to go to a Geeks Who Drink pub quiz up at the the Red Hook Brewery up in Woodinville, Washington. Um, So there are a whole bunch of pub quizzes all over Seattle each night. Um, Well, librarians in the Seattle area have created something called Booktoberfest. (laughs) So amazing. And why not combine books and brews? Why not? Hell, Hemingway did it for enough of, for all of us. So, um, so what they're doing is librarians are going around to pub quizzes and they're guest hosting literary themed rounds. So awesome. Yeah. So very cool. Like, and they're doing other themes too. Like there was one called, um, books and blood (laughs) and, uh, or brews and blood. And it's uh, based around, um, it's a whole round based around gangster flicks. Oh, that's sick, dude. So, you know, it, they're really doing it. In, in that, in, I read this off of a, a WordPress blog. Um, but what's cool is they also link to Book Riot, which is a great website of uh, listing a whole bunch of bookish shirts. So <laughs> this works for you, too. Nice. And um, we put a link in the show notes. But the uh, Day 52. Um, one of the uh, shirts that they had was like Mordor Ale. And it says the the one brew to rule them all. <laughs> Stuff like that. I'd like uh, to try had, that, bro. They had Rivendell Cider. Nice. Stuff like that. So really exciting stuff. Um, so really cool shirts, too. So just check out that stuff. Yeah, we have and a link in the show notes. That'll be fun. And if you're in the Seattle area, go and check out one of these pub quizzes going on during October because, one, the pub quizzes are so much fun and book themes are awesome. Yeah. Agreed. All right, what's next? Um, let's uh, go on to your news next. Oh, that's right. We're doing the other thing last. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out there a few things that I found that I wanted to kind of talk about this week. And I kind of covered the full gamut of stuff this week, I feel like. Yeah, um, you're getting wide-ranging in your pop culture stuff. Well, look, I'm man, loving, I'm um, loving it. I, I love it as well. I like talking pop culture with you, so I'm kind of going, spending some time every week and, and, and searching for things that really speak to me more than, maybe not more than you, but stuff that I'm into that maybe you don't. Follow as closely, right. I guess is what I'm trying to say. All right, so first of all, um, the other night, the wife and I were watching TV, and I don't know how we ended up on this, but there was a, 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 a Saturday Night Live special called um, Live from New York, right? and it was on TV, we recorded it, and we just stumbled upon about halfway in, I think we were done watching something, we pressed stop, and it was on, I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. And for me, I love documentaries. I love learning about stuff. And I love stuff like this, like the history of a certain show. Mm-hmm. And this, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of, of, of Saturday Night Live, they did this um, show called Live from New York. Right. And, oh, my God. It was so absolutely compelling. They covered the full gamut of the first, you know, the first five years of SNL and that original crew mm-hmm. and how they kind of went away for a few, five years and came back and just... I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal, man. They covered everything from, you know, black actors on the show to um, why they have less females. And, like, they covered every hot topic, 9-11. I mean, everything. Everything that had to do with SNL and how it relates to politics and pop culture, it was, you would die for this. It was so Yeah, I definitely want to check this out. And it's really cool you bring up, you know, to to black actors on on SNL because two of the longest-running cast members are Tim Meadows and um, 
Keenan. Keenan. Yeah. And Which I didn't realize he's been on. Dude, he's been, on, he's for been like, on for like 12, 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, up until Tim Meadows, the longest running cast member was Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. And then Phil Hartman was taken over by uh, Daryl Hammond. And um, Daryl Hammond was phenomenal. Um, but then Tim Meadows, and now it's Keenan. And so it's 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 awesome. But one thing I hope they touched on that, that most people don't talk about is how hard it must have been for um, Lorraine Newman and Gilda Radner in the first five years. They because. Do. The, the, Especially John Belushi was oh yeah. uber sexist. Yeah, and it was. They talk about the role of women, and they talk about um, the black actor, the first the black actor um, in the first five years. I can't remember, and and his role yeah, and Brian like his name just flew out of my head. But he had a hell of a time, man. And I mean, oh, it was sure. it was such, and I don't know. They make some jokes, and then it's I, it's highly worth watching, and I, it's making me kind of wanna. And I actually tuned into Saturday Night Live because of this. Um, it, the season premiere had Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus and, yeah. and I actually tuned in the last half hour or something um, the other night but just my parents have been watching it for a long time I'll tune in every once in a while but I kind of want to get back into watching again mostly because I want to see how it goes I want to see how if they can stay relevant and they have they have been but at the same time why did I stop watching it you know what I mean you know for for those of you that, that like fictional treatments of this sort of topic um you know, everyone knows West Wing mm-hmm. and the newsroom and Aaron Sorkin, who's, you know, he wrote the uh, social network and yeah. he's just written the uh, the new movie that uh, Danny Boyle's doing. What is it? It's uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Oh, that looks good. It does look good. So, you know, he's he's a great writer. He wrote A Few Good Men and all that stuff. But a lot of people forget that in between West Wing and the newsroom, he did a one season show called The Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Huh. Great cast. Bradley Whitford, Matthew Perry. It's a film movie. Movie? Yeah, movie? no, it's a TV movie. show. TV show. It, it ran for you know twenty two episodes or whatever it was, okay. um, but it follows the backstage issues of a Saturday Night Live type show. Oh, okay. This one is based in LA though, but it deals with direction and production and uh, women writers and right. African American performers because Dale Hughley's in it. And yeah, it's it's a really 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 well done show. Cool. But it was in a time before Netflix and Hulu and all this stuff, right, which right. it would have thrived. Um, but it cost way too much because mm-hmm. it had so many famous actors and the set pieces were so expensive. Work, yeah. It was just too expensive for its time, but it could be made now and it would thrive. Cool. But if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's really good. Um, definitely check it out. Nice. So, um, speaking of, uh, minorities, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, so seriously. speaking of black people, uh, the daily show is back with Trevor Noah, with Trevor Noah. And man, I loved the daily show. I didn't religiously watch it, but whenever I tuned in, I'm like, why don't I watch this every week? It's hard for me to watch something that happens. What? Four nights a week or four weeks, four, four weeks, nights a week, four nights a week. Um, for me, that's hard to keep up with. So yes. I would tune in here and there. Um, so far I've watched every episode of Trevor Noah. He's pleasantly surprised. Really me. good. He's actually a fairly good interviewer, yeah. which surprises me. He's a good interviewer. Um, he's funny. I like his. I like his sense of humor. Very similar to John Stewart in some ways, but for me, more similar to the sense of humor I like, where it's like you know, little sly smiles, or like he'll just kind of rant for a second. And like I, I really dig. I really dig his style. What I, I love about him is he's in this new vein of late night satirist, right? Yeah. So I mean, you have John Stewart. And Stephen Colbert, who have kind of they're in they're in a different field, right? Sure. But with the advent of Larry Wilmore, who's from The Daily Show, 
John Oliver, who's from The Daily Show. Right. And now Noah, uh, Trevor Noah, who's taken over The Daily Show, they give, this goes back to the different perspectives on the same concept. Right. Because, yeah, John Oliver's white, but he's British, right? So he brings that non-American centrist point of view. Larry Wilmore is obviously African-American, and he has no problem calling out Cosby. That's right, Cosby. I haven't forgotten about you. Exactly. And what's 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 a trip is that, you know, he's South African. Yeah. Right? So he and did this whole bit on comparing Donald Trump to African dictators. Oh, my God. That was so brilliant. John Stewart could not, <laughs> for all that John Stewart could do, he could not get away with he that ne- bit. He'd never have done that. And um, one of the other things I like is that Roy Williams, Roy... Uh, was it Roy Williams Jr.? Who's the other black guy that comes? Oh, in? Uh, Roy um, Walt. I think it's Walt Jr. No, I don't know, but he's good too. He's he was on. Okay, so uh, he's friends with the What Say You guys, Brian oh, really? Brian Quinn, and I did not know because that. he was on another show that got canceled um, a year or so ago, and it's hilarious that he's that he's on that. He did this whole bit with the police and like all this stuff. I mean, I'll be honest with you, dude. Like. I think it's Roy Williams Jr. Okay. Or something like that. I can't... Anyway, he's hilarious. And the people that Trevor Noah has around him, also to do these little bits and to play off of, it works really, really well. So if you're not watching The Daily Show, definitely check it out. And that's actually a great little comment on... Well, no, a great little comment (laughs) on The Daily Show in and of itself. It's had a long history of strong correspondence. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I've actually thought about doing research on this dude to look... Because, and actually going back to Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, um, one of the uh, former uh, correspondents from The Daily Show was a star on that one. Nice. He yeah. and his brother were both correspondents. Well, and the one from last night, what are they saying? Okay, so because it's fall right. and, like, the pumpkin thing. Did you see the pumpkin thing? Yes. Oh, my God, I was dying, dude. He's like, you guys supposed to be reporting on Syria or something like that? And they're talking about... Pumpkin, pumpkin spice lattes and like all this stuff. It was pretty funny. And they brought in this guy who like say, "Don't eat pumpkin." Yeah. <laughs> He's all, "Oh no!" And then Roy, uh, the black guy's like, "Oh, this isn't a pumpkin. This is a I'm a black man. We this don't eat pumpkin. Sweet potato. This is sweet potato." <laughs> it was so funny, dude. Anyway, uh, definitely check that out. Okay, let's move on. We have a few more things. Uh, Doctor Who is having a spinoff apparently, and it's called Class Doctor Who Class. I don't really all the way understand what's happening here, but it says the BBC has announced a new Doctor Who spinoff with Class, um, and it's uh, which looks to be aimed at younger viewers, and it's about a group of school kids attending Coles Hill School, which has shared a history with doctor with a doctor for some time, as companion Claire Oswell recently taught there. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, granted, we already ranted on Doctor Who. I kind of, we can just leave this and let it settle, but for me... Like, I was never fully interested in the school Clara taught at. <laughs> and now... Right. It's, it's not like Torchwood. In... Okay. Right. Exactly. Torchwood was brilliant. Plus, you had John Barrowman leading the cast. Right. And it's an established deal right. that is affiliated with, you know, that universe. By the way, did you know if you mixed up the letters with Torchwood, it spelled out Doctor Who? I did not. Right. And now I know. Exactly. And so anyway, it's so it's not, it's not like that. So let's just... Skip past this. Okay. I, I actually hope it does not happen. Well, we'll see. It's not a rumor. It seems confirmed. Ah. Mm, so, anyway. Right. Some other shows I'm watching. Blind Spots, phenomenal. Agents of Shield. I still have to watch this week's awesome. Blind Spots, so don't talk I'm not going to talk about it. It was really, really good. And Agents of Shield is good. Big Bang's good. Heroes Reborn. I am continue to be amazed. It's. If you were a fan of the original Heroes and you're not watching this, 
It's like on the my original list. season one heroes is okay. what I'm saying. Like it's on you, my list for this weekend. And like season one, season two, like where you get the bulk of what's going on and like the heroes universe, gotta watch Heroes okay. Reborn. It's actually really, really good. One random thing that I want to talk about this week is my local, what, uh, not my comic book shop, not my local comic book shop, but a, um, uh, another bookstore, a friend of my wife's, uh, owns this other shop called The Bookstore. Vintage used books, right. you know, albums, records and stuff. I, I was walking by there when my, her cousin Brian was in town and it said, uh, we have comics. And I was like, why do you have comics? So I walk in there. I was like, yes, I have comics. They have one little, you know, short box of comics that I was looking through. But up on, on this little display was a original print, 1988, first printing of The Killing Joke. And I had already had it digitally and I'd already read it. And I'm like, I'm buying that. And I, I, I didn't have any money. I hadn't gotten paid yet. And I'm like, so. I know the owner, kind of. Can I, can I, can you hold this? And she's like, oh yeah, that'll probably be fine. And I called down there. I went, I forgot to go to the day I told him I'd be down there Wednesday. That day we went to go pick up comics last week. Right. And I didn't pick it up. And I called down. I was like, look, if you put it back on the shelf and it's gone, that's fine. He's all, uh, you know, it's from my collection. I'll hold it indefinitely for you. And until you want to buy it, I was like, I'll be there later today. <laughs> so I went down and bought it, and I read it because I just had to open it and right. read it. Re, re-bagged and boarded it. And how much did it. that put you back? Um, yeah, 25 bucks. For a first edition? Yeah. Wow. So I was, uh, you know, I, I I happily paid it. And it was in perfect mint condition. I was stoked. Nice. So um, I reread that. If you haven't read The Killing Joke, you want to see some dark DC Joker Batman action, that's the one to read. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it's it's gnarly. Um, all right. So do we want to cover this other stuff? Real quick stuff. Just quick. Let's Let's wrap this up. So real quick, movies. Um, Transformers, yeah. Confirmed 6, 7, and 8. Confirmed. Gotta give Michael Bay that money. Oh my god, dude. Next 10 years mapped out. I've been over this since the third one. Yeah, I still watch them, but not... Hmm. I don't go to theaters for them anymore. So, but it's a thing. It is. So, that's happening. Uh, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Terminator Universe is said to be on hold indefinitely. I uh, pulled this because up. Because the last one did so well. Yeah, it did so well, and so they've decided to not have a universe for Terminator. Which hold is, off. Right. Which is sad, sort of, I guess, but if you're not gonna make good movies, I guess that's something. And Thor 3 is, uh, getting a director. Cool. And so it's Thor Ragnarok, and it's, uh, how do you say it? Taika Waititi? Hmm. Waititi? Watati? Something like that. Okay. And um, so, basically, Chris Hemsworth is coming back as Thor. Um, still no mention of Loki. Um, you know, Tom Hiddleston. There was uh, some other stories out there like that. Well, Ragnarok is going to be the main... Right. Yeah. And um, so, this particular director, who we can't say the name of, um, directed episodes of Fly the Concords, which is hilarious, and Disney's upcoming feature, uh, Moana. And it was a writer. For that. Very cool. With Dwayne Johnson. So that'd be cool. And quick gaming stuff. Marvel Puzzle Quest is headed to PlayStation and Xbox. So going to a new platform? Cool. Mm-hmm. I would like them all to merge. Yes, that would be nice. But um, other than that. My last bit of TV news is I finally started watching Arrow this week. Oh, he brings it up. A finally. couple days ago, and uh, I'm already into season two. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Someone might have said that it was good. Barrowman is brilliant. Yeah, the whole backstory is awesome. He's so good. It's cool. And wait till you get to season three when it starts syncing up with Shut up. Flash and Shut it. Okay. 
Just saying. Um, and we're not going to go in depth on these, but we're just going to bring up the trailers that we have for this week. Yep. Make sure you check them out. Mockingjay Part 2 has a new trailer. Good trailer. It is a good trailer. Um, it really shows more of the capital, which is cool. More of what I want to see in the, from the very beginning. Exactly. Fighting. Uh, the new Bond Spectre trailer, which yep. looks badass. Uh, the new Jessica Jones trailer, which was cool. The the first one, uh, the second one had the alarm clock where she yeah, shows yeah. her strength. Yeah, about that last This week, one yeah. shows her super jumping ability where she jumps five stories in the air. She walks slowly for most of it and then jumps. Yeah. That's the whole trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Good Dinosaur has a new trailer. And the yeah. one I'm most excited about is they're doing a trailer about Dalton Trumbo. Mm-hmm. Or they're doing a movie about Dalton Trumbo called Trumbo uh, starring Brian Cranston of uh, Breaking Bad, and it's got a whole bunch of other great people in it. It's Louis C.K., Diane Lane, everything, but it's about Dalton Trumbo, who was on the uh, the Hollywood Blacklist, and still ended up working afterwards under a pseudonym. So, yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, check him out. It's a, it's a really good trailer. But and, that's all I got this week. Yeah, man. Um, we went epic again, and I think uh, it's Swotor's problem. I think... Um, Damn I think, you, Swotor. I think we should ride Eric Mosco. I'd be like, dude. I mean, I know Expansion's coming out, but we have a podcast. We'd like to be under two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, next week should be shorter. Yeah, for um, sure. But then the week after that, probably longer. <laughs> so, thank you for being with us. And honestly, man, I, I'm stoked about all these things. And I, I don't know, right now with TV, before we get out of pop culture, right now with TV, I'm consuming more TV, I feel like, than I normally do. I think that's my influence. And that's your fault. And the wife is happy about it. And, but it also helps that I'm not trying to uber consume SWOTOR at the same time. And so, um, it's a balancing act when that expansion comes out and Fall TV is in full swing. We'll see yeah, well, what I, I mean, keep up like, on. I still have Gotham to catch up. Yeah, on. like we, like I still, I have, I listen to podcasts just mm-hmm. like you do, right? Yeah. So, but the last couple, of, the last few days, I've been addicted to Arrow. So I have Arrow going on one screen <laughs> and I'm doing all my work on my other screen, right. but. Usually I have podcasts playing. Right. So, sorry, I'm behind on a few. No, I'm behind on a bunch of things. Um, at some point, I'll actually do the work I'm supposed to, I'm getting paid to do. Like, you know, grading papers work. and stuff. Yeah. I, I call it work. Okay. Um, are we done? We're done. Let's get out of here. All right. So, thanks for tuning in to the usual podcast. We welcome all feedback. So, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, and Swotor Network. I'm at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will is at I am Will Griggs. Please, you know, someone give us a positive rating on on iTunes and or Stitcher. We're down with that. Thank Hit you. Us up on Patreon. Yeah, share us on social medias. Patreon.com/slash/usualpodcast. Buck or two an episode. I'm down with that. Spread the word. Spread the word. Re- get a free audiobook as well. Get a free audiobook. Auto AudibleTrial.com/slash/usualpodcast. Get a free audiobook. Go through the motions and enjoy. Yes. Go through the motions. That was weird. That was weird. Um, so weirdness aside, what do you got? Anything else? Last words? That's a lot of fun. He's done. It was a good episode. So we will see you all next week. Boom.